All right, so um, Sunday we talked <coughs> about renewing our mind, and I had seven um, points about that, but I'm not going to talk about that tonight. I'm going to talk about some of it, not all of it. I want to talk to you about having an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. If you'll go with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. I think, I don't know if it's just that I'm getting older or what, but I think the older I get, the more thankful I get. Is that true with old with with you other old people? <laughs> you don't know yet. But it, seriously, it just seems like the older I get, the more thankful I am about just to be able to get up in the morning and get going. Yeah. I think um I think as young people I think when we're younger, we take so much for granted. And the older we get, it's like, man, there's so much good stuff going on. <clears throat> and if our young people would be able to see all the good and appreciate the good. Um, I, was, I saw a, a deal the other day on YouTube about um, the generation that's coming up now. They've never known what it was not to have a phone They've never known what it was when there was no computer. They, they never were, they weren't alive during uh, really any war. Um, you know, I mean, I understand we're still in Afghanistan and uh, over it, 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 but it's not like, it's not like the people that grew up in World War One, World War Two, Korea, um, um, uh, uh, Vietnam, and so on. <clears throat> and I think, and even in and even Iraq, you know, these kids don't, and so that's why they don't mind burning the flag. They don't appreciate what we have. They don't, they have no clue what it's really like in other countries. That's why they're not, they're not afraid to say that um, we need to change to a socialist country because, man, everything's free. Well, they don't get it. They just don't get it. And unfortunately, at the older we get, the more of those that come along and they're starting to vote. That's why we have certain people that we do in Congress because they're able to sway these people that are not thankful. Not thankful. Luke 17, <clears throat> I said verse 11, didn't I? Through 19, yep. So, uh, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Christ, Jesus Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned 
and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give God glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. They stood afar off. We're just going to go through this verse by verse. They stood afar off because in Bible times, if you'll go with me to Leviticus, Leviticus uh, chapter 13, having leprosy was a death sentence. Have any of you ever seen leprosy? Anybody here? Pardon? Only in movies? Well, I, I went to, um, when I was in, the, I went on a mission trip to the Philippines, and we went to a leper colony. Um, and it was a town, I would say, about the size of Harper, maybe. But there were, I don't know how many thousand people lived there. And um, they, when leprosy, what it does, it starts out, well, let me read this first, and I'll tell you the story. Uh, Leviticus 13, verse 40, 40 through 46. As for the man whose hair, whose hair has fallen from his head, he is bald, but he is clean. He who has hair has fallen he who ha- he whose hair has fallen from his forehead is bald on the forehead, but he is clean. And if there is on the bald head or bald, if there is on the bald, I'm tongue-tied tonight. If, and if there is on the bald head or bald forehead a reddish-white sore, it is leprosy breaking out on his bald head. Or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall examine it. And indeed if the swelling of the sore is reddish white as on his bald head. Or on his bald forehead as the appearance of leprosy on the skin of the body. He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall surely pronounce him unclean. His sore is on his head. Now the leper on whom the sore is. His clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean, unclean. And he shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And so that's why Jesus told them to go to the lep- to the to the priest, because the priest had obviously already pronounced them unclean and sent them out. He's saying, now go back to the priest. That's why. So leprosy, as here, it starts with a, a spot on your head, or it can be on your hands, just a spot, a red spot. And um, when we were in the Philippines, I went to this colony, literally... It eats your flesh, like just eats it up. 
I'm talking about the flesh and bone. Some of these people didn't have noses. They didn't have ears. Uh, their mouths would be real deformed, and it would just be open wounds. They would be missing fingers and toes, and some of them it had eaten up into their arms. I mean, it just literally eats and rots away your flesh. And you're talking about a stench. It, it, was, it was one of the most heart-rending things you could ever experience to see, actually see what leprosy was. And then when they get to a certain uh, stage, they put them in these hospitals that are just rows of beds, rows of beds, rows of beds. And we went in there and, you know, they were saying, don't touch them, don't touch them, don't touch anybody here. Well, we ignored that. And we just would grab those people and hold them and hug them. And the tears would just be running down their face. Some of those people have not had another human touch in years. That's, that's what leprosy is and does. And I don't know how these guys, how bad off these guys were in Luke chapter 17. But every time I read this story or read about leprosy in the Bible, I've seen it. I know what it looks like. And I know what it does to a person, physically, mentally, spiritually. Literally, when they say they put them outside the camp, that still happens in the world today. They are made to go live away from everybody else, and the only people they're around is people just like them. <clears throat> Verse 13. Um, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Basically, what they're saying is we are outside. We are alone. Can you imagine? I'll just, just take just a second and think what it would be like to be in Bible times like this, where they didn't have these villages necessarily, but everybody that had that had to be outside and alone or with people just like them going through the same thing. How did they make a living? People didn't want them around them. They had to depend on people to give them scraps of food or whatever. They lifted up their voices. Psalms uh, 34. I think everybody should go on a mission trip to a third world country at least once. I, I used to go, I used to try to go every year before we started the church. I did for many years in um, the Philippines and China and uh, South America several times. And we have no idea how good we have it. I mean, I'm sure if some of you have been to third, third world countries, have you seen that stuff? I mean, it's tough. People have it very tough. You know, we live in the United States, born in the United States, and if you live in the United States, you are in the top 6% of the wealth of the world. 
That means 94 people out of 100 have it worse off than you. <laughs> Think about that. Even people on welfare in the United States are in the top 6% of the wealth of the world. That's, that's amazing to me. We're just blessed. I heard a guy say the other day, boy, we're lucky to be born in the United States. I said, no, we're blessed to be born in the United States and live in this country. Uh, Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is near those who have a broken heart and, such, and saves such as have a contrite or a humble spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, even good people. Another place we went into the Philippines was... Uh, I went there twice, actually, the two times that I've been uh, to the, um, and I've told this story, but to the, uh, the dump site in Manila where they take all the, all the trash, all the dump, and it's, it's probably thousands of acres. And they come in in these big dump trucks, and they just dump all this garbage, and literally there are people like flies around that going through that garbage as it's coming out of the trucks i'm talking about little kids women men all different kinds of people as it's coming out and in the dump site they have their churches literally in the dump site is their church is their schools is their Everything, I mean, it's a little community in the dump site. So many are the, the Lord is near those who have a broken heart, such as have a contrite spirit or a humble spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So even people who are righteous are sometimes afflicted with things, with stuff, just like we were talking about. But... The Lord delivers them, delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. So, when they came back, when they came saying, have mercy upon us, what they were doing was humbling themselves. I believe that God wants us to be humble. In verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. That's why he said, like we read in Leviticus, go show yourself to the priest. You know, in the second Kings chapter 5, the story of Naaman. Naaman uh, was, was a leper. He had, had evidently had leprosy, but he was a great leader. And you probably know the story, but um, they had taken a girl captive that was from Israel and she said, if you would just go see the prophet, the prophet would tell you what to do. Well, he goes to see the prophet, and, 
and he takes all these gifts, actually goes to see the king, and then the king said, who am I that I can cause life and death? I can't do this, and he tore his clothes, and so then he went to see the prophet, and the prophet told him, just go, he didn't even tell him, he didn't go outside, tell him, didn't even talk to him. He went to his house, and he said, he sent a servant to go tell him what to do, just go wash in Jordan. And the guy gets, Naaman gets all upset with him because he didn't come out and wave his hand over him or do something spectacular. He said, simply go wash. Go wash. Just like Jesus told these others, just go show yourself to the priest. And he said, hey, there's better rivers around here, cleaner rivers I I can go to. He said, just go wash in Jordan. But his pride didn't want to let him do it at first. But when he obeyed, he was healed. Sometimes it's just the simple act of obedience. The lepers were cleansed as they went. Naaman was cleansed finally after he went. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned And with a loud voice, he glorified God. Only one. It kind of makes me think, or makes me wonder, if that's about what it's like, if that's about the thankful percentage that we have nowadays. 10%. (laughs) If that. You know? Because 9 out of 10 people don't seem very thankful. And I'm talking about people that have so much to be thankful for and they don't give glory to God but I'm telling you that God is God appreciates us being thankful in uh, Psalms 29 so they came back giving glory to God so give unto the Lord O ye mighty ones give unto the Lord glory and strength Give unto the Lord the glory due his name, due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his of holiness. Give unto the Lord the glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. We owe God praise, worship, and thanksgiving. We owe him to glorify him. That's what we're created for. That's why we're here. And, and this is especially being Americans. Especially that none of us go to bed hungry at night. We've all got beds to sleep in. You know, some people, all, there'll be families in places of eight or ten people in a little room the size of these rooms right here. Can you imagine that? All piled in? I remember um, going to Belize and working on a, a church. We went down there and we built, a, we built a church. And then about two months later, I went back and, and dedicated it. And that thing was packed. I mean, there were, it was about this size, but I bet it was like, I bet there was, three times as many people as probably should be in it. I mean, it was just shoulder-to-shoulder, wall-to-wall. 
and five cars. <laughs> so everybody that came walked. So then the pastor wanted me and a, a buddy of mine that went with me to go uh, to his house to celebrate opening up their church, and he was going to feed us. And we were in, he lived in a thatched, in a, um, literally uh, like you would have seen on Gilligan's Island. Remember those little, that's the best way I know how to explain it. That's what he lived in with a dirt floor. But he had a, a wall in, in one room, I guess, was, well, I know what they were doing in there because you could hear the chickens and then you wouldn't hear them. <laughs> and they fed us chicken that had been running around in the yard 30 minutes earlier. But that was a delicacy to them. That was like a very special thing that if we hadn't eaten it, it would have been very offensive to them. So, you know, his wife and her, the women were in there cooking and plucking, plucking, literally. We were there for several hours, clearly. But they were in there chopping off heads in the, in the other room, plucking them and boiling them. And I don't remember how they cooked them, to be honest with you. They might have just left them in there boiling them. And I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we need to be thankful for what we have. Fell on his face, and he gave thanks. Give the Lord the glory due his name. Verse 16, so he fell on his face and gave thanks. He humbled himself. One out of ten. I'm going to say that again. One out of ten. Lord, I want to be... In the top, I want to be in the 10% range. Let me be that kind of a person to, towards you and the, the things that are going on. Lord, I, I appreciate what you are doing and what you have done. Psalms 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks... To the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 26. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want to thank you right now for your mercy, for your grace, and for your unconditional love. Thank you, Lord, for calling us and choosing us and raising us up. Lord, we're thankful tonight for the country that we live in and the freedom that we experience and the food on our tables, Lord, and the cars that we drive and the roofs over our head and the clothes on our back and our health, Lord, and our just on and on, Lord, we can go. Thank you, Jesus, for your abundant mercy. Verse 17, the one came back. <clears throat> Jesus answered, we're not their ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Where are the nine? In Philippians 4, 
Philippians 4, I read this Sunday, but I'm going to read it again, 4, uh, 4 and 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing or don't worry about anything. I think Christians ought to read this more. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Can we say that together? With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there's a process here. We've talked about several times, but I'm going to say it again. The process is rejoice, let gentleness be known, not be anxious, and with prayer or and thanks uh, and supplication, which which in this case, supplication is earnest, humble requesting. We humbly, earnestly, and humbly request with thanksgiving. It's it's all got to be done with thanksgiving. We just tend to ask God for a lot of stuff and not not uh, give Him thanks for what we've already had. That's why I started what I'm fixing to tell you all tonight what I told Sunday this writing down things that we are thankful for has anybody been you've been doing it still anybody else done it did you David good Holly you did it awesome verse 18 <clears throat> we're not were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. It's kind of <clears throat> it's kind of strange that that's in there. It kind of leads me to believe that the others might not have been foreigners. They might have been Jews. They might have been his own people, but this guy Jesus chose to call him a foreigner, so that must have meant that he came from somewhere else, correct? Wouldn't you say? Huh? A Samaritan? Oh, where'd you see that? Oh, in your notes? Okay, well, mine doesn't have all that in it, but I kind of figured it out. Well, not in mine. It's not in the next verse. He's oh, and he was a Samaritan. Oh, he was a foreigner. Yeah, y'all, y'all getting it better than I am tonight. Except this foreigner. So the rest of them must not have been foreigners. I got that part. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was a Samaritan. Okay. So, only a foreigner was thankful. I think that it's like whenever people come to Jesus, a lot of times as baby Christians. Um, how many of you have known people that weren't raised in the church, and all of a sudden they start coming to church, and they are some of the most um, 
energetic people. They're going out and telling people about Jesus, and they're so excited to be there. It's like they haven't ever experienced that. And I think that that's what this guy was feeling like, was like these other people, it's almost like they maybe just felt they deserved it. Well, they just deserved the, the, 10, the 9%. I want to be like this guy that stays excited and thankful for what God has done. John 1, 11 through 13, you can, if you're writing your notes, but um, it talks about he came to his own and his own received him not. He came to his own and they did not receive him. And they knew the history. That's the thing about the Jews. They know the Old Testament. They know the history that Messiah was coming. But they didn't receive Jesus as Messiah. To us, as Christians, he's coming back the second time. They think he's coming the first time. But when they see him, they will realize absolutely who he is and they will give him glory. Verse 19, he says, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. In Mark uh, chapter 5, verse 34. <clears throat> The story, um, you know the story when Jesus was walking through the crowd and the woman with the issue of blood, the flow of blood, I can't even imagine, for 12 years. And she gets into the crowd. She crawls through the crowd to get to Jesus because she just knew that if she could just touch if she could just touch Jesus, touch the hem of his garment, that she would be whole. If I, if verse 28, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Remember that song we used to do? If only I could touch the garment of Jesus. If only I could see his wonderful face. If only I could touch the garment of Jesus, I'd worship him forever in this place. We got to re teach Regina that song. We used to do it a lot. Immediately, okay, so immediately the fountain, uh, if only I will be made well, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him. 
and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Your faith has made you well. I want to encourage you to build on your most holy faith, as the scripture says. How do you build on your faith? By stepping out sometimes when you don't feel like it. By taking, uh, by listening to, to the voice that, of God when he says to do something that you don't feel like you're capable of. When he says do it, just do it. Just step out and he will bless you. And your faith will be built. The more we step out in faith, the more our faith is going to be built. So can you see the picture of hundreds, maybe thousands of people all thronging Jesus as he's walking through? And this poor little lady, she's like, she's at the end of her rope. She's like, if only I could get, and we don't know what she had to do to get there. Crawl through the crowd, crawl through the people. She just knew she just had to touch his garment. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it talks about, In everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. Psalms 100, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Colossians 3, 12 through 17, is, talks about the character of a Christian. Be thankful. That's part of the character of a Christian. But in Romans chapter 1, 18 through 21, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of them of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without, so that they are without excuse. This, that passage right there is why I don't believe in atheists and agnostics and all that business because they all know they have no excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their minds, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. They were not thankful. That's what this, this passage 
<clears throat> pardon me, is, is what this generation that I was talking about earlier is turned into. They know God's real because it's, all men know. But they have turned on God, not being thankful. Not being thankful. I don't know how they can say that they don't believe in God. I want to tell them, well, don't celebrate our holidays then. Don't celebrate Christmas with us. <laughs> you know, why, why do you celebrate a holiday you don't believe in the one that it's about? Just because it's what everybody else is doing? Be thankful. Okay, can you pass those cards out, please? Everybody that wasn't here Sunday, raise your hand so we can. Everybody gets a card and a pen. Oh, did y'all get a card yet? Oh, she's going that way and she'll come back. So what you're going to do, you're going to write down five things, at least five things. Please do this that you have to be thankful for. Again, you better write Susan right there at the top. She's sitting too close for you not to. Write down five things, at least five things that you have to be thankful for. I started doing this um, a couple of weeks ago now in a journal that I have. And I'm telling you what, it has changed, it has changed me. And I can't, my, my day can't get going good anymore until I do it. I mean, if I, if I leave the house without doing it, I'll pull over with, and put it in my notes on my phone. And then when I get back to my journal, I'll put it in there. But please, please do this. Develop an attitude of gratitude. And it will change your altitude. Oh. Amen. You're going to do it again right there, Terry? <laughs> Five more things since Sunday, huh? You have your breath. You have the air that you breathe. You have the, uh, the, the sun, the moon, the stars. You have this freedom that we have in this world. We have beautiful church building to worship in and beautiful property and we have roofs over our head and we have cars to drive and I mean there's a lot of stuff we have freedom freedom pardon lots of crickets yeah I got one in my house somewhere it's been driving me crazy I don't know where he's at I can't find him blow out the whole wall no, I don't need a cat. Oh, good. I've been there, done that, yeah. <clears throat> no, I have a cat down here at the barn. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. To worship you.
Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my key, in what you truth and life and light. Your word gives us hope, Lord. God, tonight we just lift our church family to you. We thank you for everybody that's here. We pray over those that are still traveling, Lord, and on vacation and be with them. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're such a great God, an awesome God. We thank you that you have your hand on us. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for us. We thank you, Lord, that that plan is perfect. We thank you that we are going to complete that plan. Lord, we pray for every situation and the families and the people connected to this church, Lord. We pray for healing and deliverance, Lord. We pray for finances, marriages, children, Lord. They're getting ready to go back to school here shortly, Lord. Be with them as they go back to school. We thank you, Lord, for Harper Schools. Thank you for a, a good school, a great school, Lord, for our youth to go to. Thank you for our teachers and the staff and coaches and everybody that's involved there, Lord. Lord, tonight we just pray that you'd be with us as we go our separate ways and keep your hand on us and lead us and guide us. In 